we know that people are going to start coming after this song again, try and change it. And year by year, it keeps getting worse. So what I thought was important was this be properly unpacked. What really happened here, what emerged, what it really is, what it really means. The verse was written by a poet, of course, right? It was in an opera. And the people that try to attack this try to say, oh, this tradition was constructed. And in their arguments, they go forth and talk about, oh, it was never the intention either of the person who originally started problems to have rural Britannia in, in this. And they eventually did that, right, trying to dismantle it. But what it does, it, it's actually self-defeating of their own argument. Because what's going on here is emergence, emergence of a, a tradition, a misunderstanding of rural Britannia is it's just a song. Wrong. Look at problems. It's a ritual, an emergent ritual. Look at what the people are doing. It's become a yearly thing that we all do that no one intended, that no one designed. So the emergent tradition of the bouncing that people do when they sing the song, the emergent tradition of people turning up at all, flag waving across the place and singing their part of the verse while everyone at problems sings their bit of the verse. That's a participatory element that helps you better understand who you are in your connection with everyone else. We are chanting this chorus, right? It's because it's a celebration, but also a living metaphor for as we sing it, as we sing the our part of it, as we sing the chorus or whatnot, we better understand what it all means what we share in common and celebrate that, right? And this is implicit as this is going on, but it's felt when you're doing it and you have a perspectival understanding. You don't talk about it, but that's why people keep going back. Why else go? Because giving you an understanding of, of what actually bonds and binds you together. Why do people keep turning up? There's a reason. Oh, because the music's nice. And No, it's, it's, it's more than that draw of it in you, the emotions of the resonance that is coming, that is felt in you. You're not being programmed by it. Like its popularity tells you that it's been selected by the, an implicit process, arbitrarily put in originally, and then kept, right, because of its resonance. Why is it resonant? Why is it resonant? That's the question you need to ask. The actual song itself is deeply in touch with the moral impulsions that that are Englishness, that make us, that we share in common, that emerge from our common constraints, your deepest cultural instincts, let's call them, value our valued behavioral hierarchy, our procedural hierarchy, the normative in terms of the moral order, all that is nested, all that's captured by this rendering, this poetic rendering. And so when it's articulated and sung and participated in, People respond, right? Those patterns in them, the idos that's in them, as it's passed down to them in developmental psychology, absorbed, right? That's what it is. That's what rule Britannia is. It's not just the song and the, the things that are written in it. It's the meanings. It's the rituals. It's what we do when we're singing it in that yearly frame. That's why it's so important, because we decided to do that, all of us, right? Implicitly, right? Not even consciously necessarily. It's just what because it impelled us because it was captured as it emerged in popularity, because it was so deeply uh, grabbed at the things that are the, the, the nested values that are in us. It was selected by those forces, not by one person's will. And you prove that in your... No one told people to do this, and they started doing it, right? The bobbing. Like I said, the bobbing. 
the ritual of singing at the right verses, of blowing blowing the things right as a, a reverence, the Robin Hood archetype emerging. When you see in proms, you know, where the composer tries to say something and then someone blows out, right? An emergent tradition. Like you see with a Skinner. There's that Skinner guy in the black, when Blackrod would come into the parliamentary chamber. Dennis Skinner used to have his little Robin Hood comment, right? That became an emergent tradition there. So someone should keep doing that on the Labour Party or whatever, on the opposition. It should be an opposition tradition now. Because Skinner, as it established, it's approved. It's kind of emerged. People like, like it because it's connected to Robin Hood, right? Uh, double golden jubilee, yeah. Double dip recession, what a start, right? So that's an example for those on the left that like Douglas Skinner or whatever. Okay, I'm going to read this out as if it's first, right? I'll, I'm not going to sing it. I'll save you from that torture of me singing it. But I'm going to read it out as verse. And uh, I'm going to read the whole thing, and then I'll go through it stanza by stanza, right? So, okay. When Britain first, at heaven's command, arose from out the azure main, this was the charter of the land, and guardian angels sung this strain. Rule Britannia, rule the waves. Britons never will be slaves. The nations not so blessed as thee must in their turn to tyrants fall, while thou shalt flourish great and free, the dread and envy of them all. Still more majestic shalt thou rise, more dreadful with each foreign stroke, as the loud blast that tears the skies serves but to root thy native oak. The haughty tyrants ne'er shall tame, all their attempts to bend thee down will but arouse thy generous flame, but work their woe and thy renown. To thee belongs the rule reign, thy cities shall with commerce shine, all thine shall be the subject main, and every shore it circles thine. The muses still with freedom found shall to thy happy coast repair, blessed isle with matchless beauty crowned, and manly hearts to guard the fair. Right. And Britain first at heaven's command. Right. At the command of the highest good. Like the highest values you can think about it. It's like we emerge from the things we valued the most. And what we valued the most were uh, the things that uh, you would say our greatest heroes did as, as a response to the constraints of the place. That's heaven's command, right? Arose from out the azure main, the blue sea, emerged as an emergent thing. There's just so much in this. This was the charter of the land, and guardian angels sung this strain. This is the, and that's what's coming. This is the charter, right? Think about it. Strain is like verse, right? Guardian angels, that's your sort of divine double, the thing that's looking after you, right? The guardian angels, a guardian aspiration, like it's your divine double to your aspiration, a symbol for your aspiration moving towards the light, towards the good. Your guardian good, the goodness in you sung this strain as related to your moral impulsions, your values, right? Rule Britannia, rule the waves. Britons never will be slaves, right? That's the strain, that's the charter of the land that guardian angels sung. It's a call of action, right? Break it down to its procedure. The waves are the unknown. It's telling you to master the unknown, right? All the people that try attack it. It doesn't say rule the land, clearly. It says rule the waves. It doesn't say even rule the sea. It says rule the waves, right? The churning waves. They're always in flux. They're chaos. Master the unknown. Go out and sail. Learn how to sail, channel the winds, catch the trade winds, right? That's going into the unknown. 
So all those people are saying, oh, it's saying I'll be the ruler of the world. No, it's not. Because it would say that. It would say, rule the world. It would say, rule all of Europe, right? It doesn't say that. I think about it as a metaphor. If you invert it, invert Britain's never will be slaves and saying, we must always fight tyranny, right? The dragon, St. George, always fight the dragon, always fight tyranny. An Englishman must always fight tyranny as a categorical imperative, a description of a moral impulsion that is within. But how do you never be a slave? If that's the charter of the land, how do you never do it? You have to have an action to perform, don't you? And, and thank God you've got a meta procedure above it saying we'll rule the waves and you won't be. Master the unknown and you won't be. Fight tyranny and you won't be. Fight the dragon. That's what, again, the dragon is tyranny. Like the devil, right? It's ubiquitous. It can rise anywhere. The tyrant can rise anywhere. That's also a symbol that a dragon is used for. That unknown can happen in civilization and then outside of it on the waves. But when you go out into the waves, you've got both great potential and great danger. It made the mastering the unknown as an arch metaphor for how we actually survive and how the islands themselves became impregnable was this very thing, ruling the waves. Because before we could rule them, the waves ruled us. We were subjected by the Danes and the Vikings that came over. We were almost enslaved by them. That was before we truly had mastered. And then eventually, and the waves became our greatest defense. The islands became our greatest defense. And imagine the first people going out to sea after Alfred's time. Because it was a great, the sea used to be a demon for us. That's where all the Vikings came from. It became, as we mastered it, as we went out into it, into this dangerous sea where many would die, we learned the ways, how to harness it, how to harness the winds, and it became our biggest boon to have the waves around us. It's a meta-category for all the behaviors that lead to the boons that's led to our survival from attacks from without, mastering the unknown, mastering, defeating the dragon, that's where the Vikings came from. They had dragons on their ships, right? And you might ask, well, this isn't connected to the song. Well, wrong, because the song came out of the study of Alfred the Great. The opera was about Alfred, right? And the song was in, in the opera. It became an impregnable island because we mastered the waves and the unknown. And not just the water. Don't think about it. Again, it's a metaphor for the whole thing. Because we have that behavior as a prime thing. It's hold, held up as this, to go out into the unknown, to slay the dragon. It's held up as this prime thing. It's used in all the domains. It's this idea of, of mastering the waves. That comes from, because as we know, with structural functional organizations and emergence, they come from constraints. Evolution, it's constraints. We had a massive constraint, which is our weakness, being surrounded by water, attacked from anywhere, and going out in the unknown. The creative, exploratory adaptation created this highest-valued behavior because it saved us brought us together from the constraints to master the waves and as an arch metaphor for the whole thing. And you'll never be a slave to tyranny. You'll never be a slave to anything, of like tyranny of natural uh, circumstances, right? If you master the unknown, think about it. If you master the unknown, you won't be tyrannized by your circumstances, monetary, uh, food, house, whatever the things that you need. If you are constantly doing this, and all the practices that make up the things that sit under this meta category, the muses will always come to you. And that's why it's so important. It's the grounding of how we actually were so successful. Master the unknown is the solution to endlessly fighting off the ubiquitous tyranny that can always arise.
That's what it's saying. Next verse. The nation's not so blessed as thee. Okay. Oh, blessed. Okay. Well, what does blessed mean? It's a consecration. It's a right. Right is an enacted. The nation's not so blessed or consecrated in ritual, must in their turns to tyrant fall, right? So nations that aren't doing these things that are holy to us, right, must in their turn to tyrants fall, right? That aren't ruling the ways, that aren't doing these things that were the charter of the land, as we see earlier, right? That's what the blessed is. It's like the rituals are connected to the holy things, the guardian angels sing the strain, right? That's say it's holy, must in their turns to tyrants fall. It's true. Now, if you don't do this, you see that happen again and again on the continent is these emperors arise, these cults of personality, Napoleon, Hitler. Blessed, blessed is enacted, not so blessed is thee. You have to keep blessing, you have to keep doing the rituals. While thou shalt flourish great and free, the dread and envy of them all. Still more majestic shalt thou rise, more dreadful from each foreign stroke, as the loud blast that tears the sky serves but to root thy native oak. This speaks to bleak heroic necessity, the value of that. Like, you become more dreadful. We'll never surrender. We'll die in a bloody mess on the ground, right? The more you attack us, the more we're, it's awakened in us. As is said in Battle of Maldon, as the heart grows stronger, the spirit the greater, with our diminishing might. It's awakened when you attack us and you make us a bit weaker. Our will gets stronger. When you, the foreign stroke hits us, we become more dreadful, right? More willful, more zealous. Another thing that sort of articulates that, I suppose, is Tolkien's line where it's, uh, it's a secret only fire can tell with the ring, right? The ring. It's like the ring is the thing of the tyrant, right? Or our response to that tyranny is revealed in fire. A secret only the fire can tell. It's like, because it's true. You can't tell that pattern of behavior until the tyranny rises. Then you go, oh, this is what they're characteristic of. This is what's characteristic of these people. It has to be triggered to, to see the evidence on the ground of, of it is in the action as the loud blast that tears the sky, as the thunder, so as but to root thy native oak, right? Again, it's, you're more rooted as you do it, as it roots your native oak. The oak is, tree is one of nature's great survivors. And so the more you do it, the more we'll be rooted in this, in this behavior. Again, and because this is speaking to that in this poetic language, we, we feel it and it's resonant. Like you, and when you unpack it, I hope you're, when you're watching this now, you probably are experiencing that. Yeah, of course, that is how I respond to those things, right? I certainly, when I was looking at this song for the first time, breaking it down, looking at the, the specific verses, it's like, oh, that's why I respond to it that way. You know, well, that's, that, yes, that is resonant to how we behave. The loud thunder roots your native oak. Like your thunder just roots me more in this value. and I'll become more dreadful. So the haughty tyrants now shall tame, or never shall tame. All their attempts to bend thee down will but arouse thy generous flame, to work their woe and thy renown. And again, this is re-articulating a similar thing. I do think it's speaking over two values or two impulsions that we have, but all their attempts to get you to bend the knee will arouse your thy generous flame, that your cultural flame, really, like generous noble birth of your noble birth your noble flame it's yours though it's like you're generous like something that's true of you and your people it's of your cultural gene genealogy it's in you like you, the flame that is common to all of you that's what it arouses that's how i see it because when you look at the etymology of generous it's like 
culture, your people, your noble flame, your noble birth, work thy woe and thy renown. Well, yes, that's, uh, that uh, is kind of self-explanatory, but of course, imagine that. It's like these people just won't surrender. The more we do this, the worse they get. Like the more this flame in them does, the more we attempt to get them. Like they, this situation, like any reasonable person would surrender here, but this bleak heroic necessity in them just keeps getting them. And that make works their woe, and you end up winning because <laughs> it's so valued, this thing, right? And that's why they come after our culture. They've realized, because the islands are impregnable, because of these values, they need to come after us for the death of a thousand cuts. Because if they don't do that, and they do it in a big step, this generous flame, emerges. Right? It takes a while for people to see what's going on, or to feel what's going on. Once that's awakened, though, we're a dreadful enemy once we get going, because every individual has it on its own. It's not top-down from the dictator. It's bottom-up from these rituals like this. To thee belongs the rule reign. Thy cities shall with commerce shine. All thine shall be the subject main, and every shore it circles thine. So this is really interesting to me, is that to thee belongs the rural reign. And because knowing that the poet, um, the, the opera is about Alfred, is, is that he understands that it's about, that's what Alfred created, the borough system, right? The borough defense system. And it was always so important in England that the power is in the boroughs or was in the boroughs, not the walled cities on the continent. The corporations that ran the walled cities in Europe, where the power was, they were sort of, they didn't need the country, but because we were united together by consent, like you saw with the longbows and the, and the peasants were needed to train the longbows to defend the place, right? The power was in the country. So it was divided. It wasn't all concentrated in these European cities as well. We killed all the wolves as well, right? So outside of the cities, you weren't in danger of being attacked by a wolf or a European bear. Like on the continent, for a long time, all the way up to 19 bloody 60, I think, in France, or 1916 anyway, it was the case that, it, that the, the forest was a dangerous place. If you look at all the folk tradition on the continent, it's a murky, evil place. Woo, go into the forest, that's where the witch is. Ah, right? Our forest is the green wood. It's Robin Hood. We go there to find Robin to fight back tyranny, right? That changed. Anyway, point is, to you, to thee belongs the rule ring. The rule reign, bottom up, you see, right? The rule reign, not the dictator reign. Thy cities will with commerce shine, all thine shall be the subject main. People might think, oh, that's about you rule the oceans and the shores that they circle. Wrong, wrong. Again, it's the metaphor. When this all emerged, the shore was potential. It was like, it's the new world. Every shore circles yours. That's, that's <laughs> the, the boons that are out in the unknown, right? As the metaphor, if you do this, all yours shall be. The subject waves, the subjected, the potential that's in the waves. Every shore it circles, every boon, every treasure, it circles at the unknown circles, right? The undiscovered places. The muses still with freedom found shall to thy happy coast repair. Blessed Isle with matchless beauty crowned and manly hearts of God the fair. Okay, this is again really interesting. And of course, this comes off that line. If you think it's about ruling the world and the Navy ruling and taking over every shore, get real, look under it. The muse is still with freedom found, shall to thy happy coast repair, right? If you do this, you've mastered the unknown. If you master the waves, the muses, the ideas, the inventions, everything we do that's, that's progress in terms of understanding reality, shall to your happy coast 
your borders, your estate, everything. You, Britain, Britons, repair, repair to, connect to. The muses still with freedom found. If they come to a place that has held back tyranny, right, the grace that is sent from God or are unconscious or however you want to see it, the muse will still be with you in a place that is free, where tyranny is held back. The inventions are the boom, all the shows that master the unknown. That's what you get. And you master the unknown, you hold back tyranny. If you master the unknown, you hold back tyranny, and to you comes the boom. You master the unknown, you get the boom from the ocean, the shore from the ocean. The muses come to you with new ideas, new adaptations, and you're blessed again with matchless beauty, and you're crowned with it. All the great things that come to you from mastering the unknown to fighting the dragon, to going across the sea, and manly hearts to guard the fair. Because if you keep inventing, if you keep demonstrating this, people will champion it. You'll have manly hearts. The warrior aspect that is the king will guard the people, will guard the fair. The fair people too, right? Think about it in a dual meaning. The manly hearts will guard the fair because they'll be see the example of being set. The brave will see other people doing it. The muses will come to them, to us, inspire them to guard this with this great idea, this powerful idea of mastering the unknown, of mastering, of holding back, fighting the dragon, to keep slavery away, to keep the tyrant at bay. Manly hearts will come and guard the fair because this thing's worth protecting because it's in our moral impulsions. People will do it if we keep the ritual going, if we keep if we keep blessed Isle, if we keep the rights up, which is a blessing, if we keep consecrating, if we keep consecrating with the rights that, we're, that this, this whole verse represents, the right is a right itself. It's with matchless beauty from this, crowned, mastery, crowned, sovereign, matchless beauty made by doing this, generated and gathered through this ethic, through this way of being, through this way this glorious way that holds back tyranny, holds back slavery, that we should all be championing and yelling for, like we do. We should yell it from the mountaintops. Anyone who hates it is a slave who we should be, right? But anyway, that's, the, that's, that's about all I have to say on it. And you can see how deeply that is connected in the psyche. That's why it's popular. That's why it's sacred, because it is a blessing and a rite and a ritual of repeating the rite, of saying, go out there, master the unknown. Master the waves, and you will hold back tyranny for all of us. And keep going. This, this is a call to aspiration, to go out and master the unknown, right? That's why we sing it, because we know it's deep in us and our moral impulsions, and that's why we should champion it and understand it and its deep meaning. Understand that it is a call to action. Go out and find the shores to catch the trade winds in your sails. Discover, invent, be courageous. The manly hearts that guard the fair. Part of that is going out and slaying the dragon. So it's a call to the highest beauty of the action of going out in the unknown and being a hero. Is a, that is what is most sacred to us. And so it is sacred. It is emergent and it is a tradition. And that's why people love it. And that's why people who try to stop it need to be castigated. And this must be protected. And that's all I have to say. And I would just leave you with is that... In the spirit of this, again, if, if something does happen to this ritual, it's further denigrated and the symbols don't have their function, I would say that, ne again, as I always say, is that nevertheless, my friends, 
that I'll greatly to believe.